You know, this is a, an awesome time. Do you know what, what Friday was? For the Jews? Passover. And with that Passover, you go back to the, to the events of Jesus. He was brought in. He was put on the cross on Passover. It's identical. We're, we are identical. This is the day he arose. If the, cal- if the Jewish calendar is right, this is the day that he arose. Wow. And of course, some of you stayed up or got up in the morning and saw the blood moon, right? Some of you didn't. I'm with the didn't. I'm, I'm, I heard it was a great, great one. I went on the internet right away, and it wasn't as good. But I under, and when I read it, it said from everybody from the from west of the Mississippi had a clear night, and I'm saying. Wow, fantastic. And I remember the last one, the last blood moon we had. We were fogged in. I'm believing that the next blood moon, which is going to be the last one for the next 400 years, they say, it's going to be clear. Or we're going to be up there to watch it. One, two... Amen. Glory to God. Well, it's fantastic. An appropriate song. Thank you, Christine. Let's uh, go to a nugget. A nugget. Glory to God. Restoration can never be granted. Restoration can never be granted until sin is truly confronted. Restoration can never be granted until sin is truly confronted. You think about that and what we uh, are looking at today. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks, Lord, this. We look at some of the events, Father God, that took place, the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise you. We just give you thanks. Our hearts are full of joy, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that uh, those in the world, Father God, that are still seeking, Father God, that this day the proper labor will come across their path and share Jesus with them. Amen. Turn with me to the book of Luke, chapter 24. And we will begin with verse 1. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared, and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in, and found not the body of the Lord Jesus And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabouts, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. 
As they were afraid, they bowed down their faces to the earth. They said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spake unto you when he was yet in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Wow! It happened just like it said. It happened just like it, they prophesied the Old Testament saints. The greatest event that ever occurred in the history of the world is the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God. The event, this event rocked the spiritual world. It turned what was an ultimate and devastating defeat into a supreme, decisive victory. The tomb of Jesus is empty. Jesus is alive from the grave. Yeah. Glory to God. Jesus' death on the cross redeemed mankind from sin and death. The dark world of Satan was deposed and crushed. Hallelujah. And, well, let's look at this. Let's go to, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at verse 8. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would have not crucified their Lord of glory. If they knew what was going to take place, that they would lose completely, they would have never done it. Hallelujah. Let's go up to verse 7 on that one. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. The very heart of the mystery is the redemption of mankind. Thank you, Lord. He that knew no sin became sin for us. The mystery of the atonement is the death of the Son of Jesus Christ. Pardon me. Death of the Son of God made it possible for ordinary people to receive forgiveness and to become right with God. You're right standing with God today. We can never understand it. Why? We can only look at it in awe with thankful hearts. Hebrews chapter 2. Oh, pardon me. It's Hebrews chapter 12. Looking at verse 2. That's Hebrews 12, 2. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Wow. Jesus became our substitute in suffering. Wow. 
We have to understand that there can be no substitution unless Jesus actually paid the spiritual penalty for man's transgressions. The spiritual penalty. That is separation from God. To be sent to hell. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. We're moving along in all different manners here. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 53 this time. Well, we'll just look at verse, begin with verse, well, let me see. Let me just start with verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He hath no form or comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and, he was, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath bore our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes. We are healed. Verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. Wow, that's a heavy part. Have we gone astray? Drop down to verse 10. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When shall we... When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. What was an offering for sin in, in the Old Testament? To take away the sin. He was made an offering of sin. His soul was an offering for sin. His spirit was an offering for sin. Our sin. Verse 11, he shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. Jesus, the servant of God, the son of God, justifies many, justifies all, in fact. And if we would just receive him, those that will receive him will be adopted into the family of God. Those that, God loves us so much that he'll, if, you, if someone desires to go to hell, he'll, he'll let them go to hell. That's their, that's their desire. But he'll love them. He won't break that. He gives, us an, he gives each and every one of us an opportunity to receive the greatest blessing 
Amen. The sin, sin offering under the law had sin, had sin had to be reckoned to them. Just like when, when they brought a lamb or something and they would slay it, they would put their hands upon that lamb and that individual's sins would be transferred to that lamb and they would be walked, they could walk away free once that lamb was slain and put on the, the blood poured out and the lamb burned on that fire. That's what Jesus did. For Israel, they had righteous reckoned to them when that happened, when they put their hands on that lamb. But for us, we have righteous imputed unto us. It's given unto us. It's not just reckoned, it's imputed. It can't be taken away. Hallelujah. When the Father sees us, He sees us pure. He sees us as a son and daughter of His. No disgrace or anything upon us. Hallelujah. But the spiritual suffering, the wrath of God upon Jesus sets us free. Jesus had separation, became separated from the Father. And his three days and nights in the confines of hell can never be repaid. Romans 8. I know we're jumping around, but Romans chapter 8, looking, looking at verse 32. Romans 8, 32 says, Speaking of God, he spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall we not with him also freely give us all things? Oh, glory to God. It's through the cross, through the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, that God's riches flow to us freely. He gives us life. He pardons us. He forgives us. He gives us provisions. He's adopted us into his family. Amen. Only a person that's been adopted in the family can understand this. True. Truly. Because most of us have been, been raised by parents. But someone that's been adopted finds something new. There's a, a, they know there's an extended love that's beyond a normal thing because, well, we just, we just had you because you just came along. No, they, this person got chosen. We've been chosen by God. Jesus took upon himself our guilt, our sin, our punishment. He paid the price entirely. Glory to God. Now, the value of Jesus' resurrection cannot be calculated. Jesus changed history when he came out of the tomb. 
came out of the tomb victorious over sin, death, and the grave. By his grace, he has offered us life abundantly. Glory to God. And eternally. Well, you get an abundant life here, and then it, it doesn't stop here, and it, it goes right into eternity. Wow, and that is coming soon. I mean, I believe with all my heart, we are so close. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Verse 17, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become anew. I'm a new creation. I'm a brand new man. You didn't get that one on that album, sorry. But we're new creations. Old things are passed away. Forget about the past. Don't. When God says, I'm going to bring you to heaven, he doesn't expect you to pack any baggage. Because some of us would bring the wrong things. He says, all I want you to bring is your friends and neighbors. And even an enemy, bring them. Don't bring anything else. Your family, of course. Don't pack any other baggage. So if you want to go to heaven, start bringing. You want to bring somebody? Let's 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 bring them on. It, the time is here. The time is here. Being a new creature, creature in Christ Jesus, we've been made to be more than conquerors. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Sin shall have no dominion over us anymore, according to Romans chapter 6, verse 14. But what, there's a question. What has man done about the problem of death? We'll look at it in the natural, man. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm glad we have our, our, that question solved. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 15, looking at verse 12. Now if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection from the dead? Wow. You know, it's interesting how people deal with death or are or, or dealing with the prospects of death. Um, there are those who are fearing death. Uh, they seek to postpone it. They try to push it back as far as they can. So they go through exercise. Amen? I mean, you got to be physically fit. Keep yourself in running order, correct? They're taking vitamins and minerals by the 
keep yourself, you know. I mean, as you grow old, they take these things so they don't grow old. Then, after all that, when they see things starting to sag and stuff, they go to plastic surgery <laughs> to get that more youthful appearance. But still, death is still approaching. Others ignore death completely. Uh, they're like an ostrich. They just put their head in the sand and don't think about it. They refuse to think about it. Don't think about what the future is, what eternity will be like. I'll live forever. I'll, you, we've run across those individuals who have gone so winning. Would you like to make Jesus? No, I've got time. Well, some of their time's running out. People's time's running out. Then there's the atheist who deny any life after death. There's nothing at all. After you die, that's it. You become part of the groundwork. Uh, all these hopeful solutions do not change the fact that death is intimate. Unless we are the generation that will have the Lord call us up. The rapture generation. I, I, I had a sermon called the Enoch generation. Enoch was taken away and we are going to be taken away. We're going to be part of the Enoch generation. We're not going to see death. We're going to be pulled out of here. Oh, glory to God. Oh. In John chapter 11. Well, glory to God. We are going to be out of here quick. You can go get to your dinner, your lunch engagement. Maybe. John chapter 11. Looking at verse 25 and 26. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet he shall live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Glory to God. And we can go to Romans. We've all hit this road. Romans chapter 10. Romans 10, verse 9, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Hallelujah! It all comes back to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let's go to 1 Thessalonians. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 6, uh, starting with verse... Well, let's maybe go up a little bit. Let's go to verse 14. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them 
also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this I say unto you, by the word of the Lord, that which we, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you ready for that? Amen. You need to be ready for it. We are the end time generation. I mean, all, every, it says the end time generation that, that Israel would come back and it would become a nation and every nation would be against Israel. Up until about six, five years ago, there was only one nation that stood with Israel. That was the United States of America, our country. But with things that are happening, we are no longer standing with Israel. We have a president that uh, detests Israel and the, uh, the, their prime minister. Things are taking place. Our country's uh, allowing atomic nuclear substances to be built by one of Israel's greatest enemies. So time, our time is short. We need to come alive. Amen. We need to be prepared. We are the end time generation living at a time when the world events are echoing the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. What a great day that's going to be. I mean... Wow. What a great day that's going to be. Unfortunately, for many Christians, it will come as a surprise. It will be shocking. They will be wishing they were prepared. Ooh, what are you saying? What are you saying? Matthew chapter 25. This is completely different. This is a different time. <laughs> Jesus rose again from the dead to bring us home. And, we, and it says we need to be ready. In Matthew chapter 25, it talks about, at the very beginning, the parable of ten virgins. These, these virgins were ready to meet the bridegroom. And we read that five were foolish. They were not ready. They weren't ready for the bridegroom to come. How many Christians do we know? Or do you know? I'll put the Christians by, by name only. Do you know are ready for the Lord's return? We've got to quote the Christian church around the world they are compromising the word of God. 
They're saying things opposite what God's Word says, and, and people are just flocking in and receiving it because, hey, it's a thing to do. I don't want us to be the five foolish virgins. It's imperative that we get on fire. Why? Well, in Daniel chapter 5, remember Nebuchadnezzar or Belshazzar, there was a, he was having a, par, a great big party and there was, there was a hand, hand came out and wrote on the wall. I wish that would happen today. In churches, every church, even this one. And one, one of the sayings it said, Thou art weighed in the balance and are found wanting. That is uh, Daniel 5.27. People in, in churches are, are, are found to be not in balance. In other words, they're compromising on the things of God. You, we cannot no longer compromise on things of God. We're too close. Why do I say that? Well, we talked about the ten virgins. There's a few other things that we can look at, but I want to look at this one. Let's go to the book of Revelation chapter 3. Now this is to the last church. Not saying that all churches are, are this one, but this is the last church. Look at verse 15 and 16. I know thy works, thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou art cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. That word spew should have been vomit. Anybody ever had an upset stomach and you had to, could you hold that back? It just, when you vomit, when it hits you, it just go, it goes out. It says, if we're not hot, he's going to throw us out. We are, we the last generation, we've got to be hot. You say, wow, what are you saying that for? This is supposed to be a joyous time. It is a joyous time. If, if, if the handwriting on the wall is not saying that you're out of balance or lacking, we don't, want to, we don't want to be cold or lukewarm. We, want to, we need to be hot. We've got to turn things around. That's why Jesus came. He gave his, well, it's, it's, it's decision time. Revelation 3, 
15, 16. It's time to make a decision for or against. We can no longer have a balancing act. In other words, walk the fence. Well, I like the world a lot, but you know, I know Jesus is coming, so I gotta, you know, put on the good airs, but you know, there are sometimes I'm just gonna. We can't do that any longer. This, I, this is heavy. I know it's heavy. We say, why is it heavy on this day? Because we need to come alive. This, this could be the last, quote, Easter that, that, that we would know. We can be out of here. Everything's ready. We need to be ready. You are all in or nothing at all. That's what he's telling us here. Either you are all in or nothing at all. Oh, Jesus gave his life for you and me. It's time that we make the same type of commitment to him. Wow. Sure sober out there. I hope I didn't throw water on your lunch or dinner. You know, there's things that are happening in the body of Christ that should never have happened. But it says that in the last days there's going to be deception. I don't want us, I don't want to stand before the Lord and say, you know, you didn't have a big congregation and half of them didn't make it. How would you like to be the half that didn't make it? I don't want that. I want us all to be there. Even if it's by the skin of your teeth, as we say. If the only crown that we can give Jesus is the crown of our salvation, that's fine. I want you to be there. I don't want, us, I don't want you to be drifting out there wishing. You know, we've all read or heard about left behind. It's a great, it's a great novel, but it's true. And the video series we were almost finished now is a debate of Satan. How offenses will destroy your ability to be with God. We need to learn how to forgive. Oh, glory to God. Anybody want to dance? Sure. Say, so why, why did I bring this up, this last part? Well, after Jesus' crucifixion, all his disciples left. They, and then they went out fishing and went back to their old trades. This is what a lot of Christians are doing. They're walking away. They're watering down the truth. They're compromising on things of God because, well, that's, everybody else has said it. It's been for 2,000 years or 
Since grandma told me, you know, grandpa told me, Jesus is coming, and I haven't seen it. And I've been living 60 years, and with grandpa, grandma said there was, it's, we were so much closer. We are the generation. We need to clean up our acts. I'm not looking at you, I'm saying myself, there's areas I've got to clean up. He says, I'm coming back for a, a bride without spot or wrinkle. I would say most of us don't have spots. But I think if you have a few wrinkles, we've got to take care of. Well, thank you again, Lord, for giving us the opportunity to be with, with him eternally. But he wants us to be hot. We have to be like, I hate to say it, we've got to be like Noah. All the world's coming against it. We have to be like Enoch. We need to walk with the Lord. Whatever, whatever, whoever says what. We have a song, one more song. It's, it's not the one more song, but it's, a, it's an additional song. Remember Jesus was speaking... And he said, the kingdom of God is like um, a wedding, and people were invited to the wedding. You remember, remember that? And he said, and, and, the, and he said to the servants, go out and get them. And he, they went out, and the servant found one. He says, well, I've got oxen. I've got to check them out. Another one said, I've got land. I've got to see what I've got. The other one said, i got I'm married, and, you know, I can't do that. Um, they were all busy. Busy. Anybody busy out there? Okay. You know what an acrostic means? Acrostic means you could take a word... You can write it down vertically instead of horizon. Write your word down vertically. And each letter would be a different word. Let me give you the word busy as an acrostic. B. Being. You. Under. S. Satan, being under Satan, why? Yoke. That's what busy is when we say we are busy and can't do God's work. It's being under Satan's yoke. End of P.S. Okay. These are items that that they had at the Passover, the bread and, and, and the drink. Of course, uh, if you ever get a chance, you should have knocked on the door, got uh, ready to, with our neighbors up, up 
just down the, to the east of us, um, the Jewish congregation, maybe we could have watched their Seder. But it, it's interesting. But this is, this is the type of bread, the unleavened bread, which speaks of not supposed to be no sin in it. Of course, the, the cup is speaking of the blood which cleanses. And this is what Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. For I have received the Lord that which also I deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. Boy, this is heavy. How many? We know Judas is the one that betrayed. But how many Christians are betraying the Lord now? Walking away. Compromising on the things that he said that we need to follow through on. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. That bread represents his body, the stripes, the bruises, the, the holes. So, you know, the crown of thorns left holes in his head. That's the peace that he gave us. You should have a peace. After the same manner, he also took the cup, and, and when he had stopped saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do as often as ye Drink it in remembrance of me. What a day to remember. Resurrection Sunday. His command to remember him as we receive the emblems. Although they're emblems, they signify what he did for us. If the, if the cup which represents the blood, washes away all sin, what does the bread represent? Complete, total healing. See, we don't look at it that way oftentimes, but that's what, it, what it's, it's telling us. We can receive that healing if in our bodies if, we, if you should need it. And don't let the enemy take it from you. He says, do, do this in remembrance of what what his body took and what his blood shed gave us. Okay, if I can have my two able helpers we'll, to be part of the body of Christ. And what an honor for Jesus that we give him the praise. Father, we take this bread and we receive it. We recognize what the body of Jesus took upon him, that we might be able to walk in the fullness of life physically and mentally. We praise you for it. In Jesus' name.
as we take, receive this cup in remembrance of what the cup represents. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. We thank you for it. I don't know, I feel that the Lord Jesus himself is anxious to call us home, that we would partake together in the marriage supper of the Lamb. So Father, we take this cup knowing that we are cleansed by the blood, adopted into the family of God. We praise you for it. God's calling you his friend. Wow. Son and daughter. He has an inheritance for us. Not just up there, but here. Here we need to thank him daily. So stand. Anybody finding the days going by quickly? You know, he says to make us uh, occupy until he comes. Well, we need to do what need, we need to do, but we also need to do what he called us to do. You know, this is not regular work, but we need to go out into the fields. He says the fields be white with harvest. And many of those that are, have been called are not wanting to do the work. So, Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. We thank you, Lord, that we rejoice, Father God, And being part of the body of Christ, we rejoice what Jesus accomplished for us. May we honor you in our life, doing those, doing those things which you've called us to do, sharing the good news of the gospel. promoting the covenant that you've given to all men. Father, we praise you. We just give you thanks. Give us a great day, Father God, as we rejoice with family and friends, Father God. May that joy and happiness, Father God, spread 
to whom we come in contact with. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen.